Well, great to be in the Lord's house tonight. Let's, um, let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 Timothy 4.12. We're continuing a message that I started a few weeks ago on the requirements of discipleship. The requirements of discipleship. Now, <clears throat> Mrs. McKay has an announcement for kids doing the, the, the camp fundraisers. You have tonight for 30 minutes, Thursday for 30 minutes, and then next Sunday. She's extending it one week because last week um, with the ordination we did not um, have a, um, a first time. So um, be sure to work hard and, and earn that extra money and put the Word of God into your heart. Amen. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for bringing us to your house. And Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being your children. And Lord, that we have the privilege of choosing to be your disciples. Lord, I ask you that um, you would give us your grace and, Lord, the determination to be the disciples that you want us to be. Lord, we need you. We need your help. I pray you bless the message that it would be an encouragement and help to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been looking at this um, point one of this message. Uh, that discipleship requires identification with Christ. And to identify with Christ, we must reject other religion. That doesn't mean we reject people. doesn't mean we, we don't be kind to all people. But we must reject other re religion. We must, to identify with Christ, we must reject pluralism. Pluralism is a belief that all religions are, are equal, are the same. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We also mentioned that we must, by identifying with Christ, we must, we must reject moral relativism. We must accept God's standard of right and wrong and not accept this, this new morality that's, you know, Everybody gets to choose whatever they want. Um, we must reject that and identify with Christ. And then we, we began looking at 1 Timothy 4.12. And we see... Yeah, first, I think it's 1 Timothy, yeah, Timothy 4. Yeah, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in our word. We talked about our speech. We, we talked about our conversation, our lifestyle. We talked about our love. And then we need to identify with Christ in our spirit. We need to identify with Christ in our spirit. Now, turn back a few pages to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. These are some good evidences of an excellent spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 
and verse 16. Let's identify with Christ by rejoicing evermore. Rejoicing evermore. By praying without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. A spirit of prayerfulness. A spirit of rejoicing. And then verse 18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. A thankful spirit. This, these are identifying marks of a Christian. And we need to identify with Christ in our spirit. We, um, back to uh, um, 1 Timothy 4 and verse number 12. We need to identify with Christ in our faith. We need to be people of faith. We need to um, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And uh, as it tells us in, first, in Matthew chapter 6, not to take thought for the morrow, but let the morrow take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto this day is the evil thereof. God doesn't want us to be worry-filled people. God wants us to be faith-filled people. We also see here in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12 that we need to be an example in purity. An example in purity. As Christians, we need to live pure lives. We ought not to be um, telling or laughing at off-color jokes. And we need to identify with Christ in our entertainment and lifestyle choices. We serve a holy God and our lifestyle choices should reflect the holy God that we serve. You know, the greatest filter for our, our entertainment, our, our lifestyle choices is found in the book of Ephesians. Well, the Bible is the filter, but this, this is a great um, condensed scripture that provides a great, a great filter. Can you filter your entertainment through the pages of God's Word? Um, Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 17, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ. So entertainment that promotes lasciviousness and uncleanness, it ought not to be part of, our, of what we view and what we partake of. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be, have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and re be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness 
and true holiness. And so when we become believers, there's things that we put off from our life. Things that are, are, are dirty and defiled, we put them off and we put on new things. We put on godly things. And then we see these filters here. Um, verse 25, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give, him, give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So if your entertainment is full of corrupt communication, um, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us evil communications corrupt good manners. So if you get a lot of garbage going in, it's going to get into your heart and then it's going to come out of your heart. And so we need to be careful what we put into our heart. Um, chapter 5, it says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. And so there's, there's a lifestyle that the, the lost world um, you know, gravitates to, grabs onto, and the Bible says don't be partakers with them in those things. Ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Um, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. That's a great question. Is this acceptable to the Lord? Ask the Lord, is this acceptable is this something that would be pleasing to you? And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. It is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Shine God's light on your entertainment choices and let God's light show you. And it says there, um, verse, verse 15, See then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Look at verse 17, Wherefore be ye not un unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so we need to, we need to walk in purity. And we walk in purity by filtering our choices through the Word of God. 
you know, there are some boundaries that we put up in, in, our, in our entertainment choices. If, if, if a movie has nudity in it, we don't watch it. If there's any sexual involvement beyond kissing, we don't watch it. You need to be careful with story themes, especially now, that promote immorality. Our world wants to normalize casual sex, common law relationships, homosexual relationships, and gender confusion. And if we consume all of this entertainment that normalizes, you know, we'll, you know, we'll sometimes watch a, um, a travel show or a, a real estate show. And, you know, sometimes we have to turn the station because they're featuring a homosexual couple or something like that. You say, well, they're just featuring the, 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 the real estate. Well, you just got to be careful. If, if you partake of too much of that media, it's going to it's going to become normalized in your heart. And God doesn't want us to normalize those things in our heart. God wants us um, to live pure. It, you know, the, the Bible is very clear about witchcraft. Don't play around with witchcraft. Even if it's children's witchcraft, like, like Harry Potter, just stay as far away from that stuff as possible. Be very careful about the language that the, that, that, that the movies or the shows... You know, we heard, this, we heard this morning in the Ten Commandments, don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. You know, if a, if, a, if a movie is full of that, or a show is full of that, it's going to corrupt your heart. It's going to be displeasing to the Lord. Um, you know, there's some practical things to protect your purity. Um, we have monitoring devices on, on our computers and on our telephones so that within our, within our home, we have accountability with each other, that we're not looking at things that are displeasing to the Lord. You know, parents, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let your children have their iPads and their computers and their television sets in their bedroom. Those things need to be in public places where there is a lot of accountability, where there's a lot of accountability. Um, you know, we attempt to research our entertainment before watching it. Plugged in is a great asset, imbd.com. You can find out a parent's guide. It doesn't take much research to find out that most things, you know, I, I would say if, you know, if we look at 100 movies to consider watching, usually there's one or two out of 100. Usually we've got to say no because the world doesn't, they don't make their movies according to God's standard. They have, they have, a, they, they, they have a, a no standard, really, for, for how they make their movies. So we, knew, we need to apply God's standard and we need to ask the Lord, Lord, is this acceptable? And it takes a lot of no's. It takes a lot of no's. If we're going to live pure in this world, you're going to have to say no a lot. You're going to have to say no a lot. But remember, God's commandments are always for our good. God's restrictions are always for our benefit. So we need to identify with Christ in the way we live our lives. 
But um, I want to show you a couple, a few other um, requirements of discipleship. Um, look at John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And verse number 30. John 8 and verse number 30. And as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Discipleship requires continuing in the word of God. Continuing in the word of God. The Great Commission is threefold. The first part of the Great Commission is to preach to teach the gospel. Second part of the Great Commission is to baptize believers. And the third part of the Great Commission is to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And so that all things, that is an exhaustive work. That is a lifelong endeavor. And if we are going to be disciples of the Lord, we're going to have to continue in God's Word. Uh, look at this great verse in James chapter number 1. James chapter number 1. And verse number 22. So if we're going to be disciples, we have to continue in the Word, and that means we must continually hear the Word of God, and we must continually do the Word of God. Notice what it says here in verse 22. But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He looks into the mirror. In verse 24, he beholds himself and he goeth his way and straightway forget what manner of man he was. You know, the purpose of looking in a mirror in the morning is to straighten out what's been messed up the night before. It, it, it doesn't look pretty when you look in the mirror in the morning. You've got you to wash your face. You've got to get the dirt out of the corner of your eyes. My hair is sticking up everywhere. And... Um, and we need to go to God's Word, and we need to let the, God's Word show us our heart, show us who we are, and show us how to change what we see in that mirror. That's what the Word of God, that's what discipleship requires. Verse 25, looking into the perfect law of liberty and continuing therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. 
So discipleship requires continuing in hearing God's word and in continuing to obey God's word. Disciples, discipleship requires constant submission to God and his word. When we say no to God, we're saying no to being a disciple. You, you, you can't be a disciple and say no to God. Discipleship requires submission and obedience to the Word of God, continuing in the Word of God. Number three, look at Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And verse 25. Discipleship requires devotion for Christ above all others. Luke 14, verse 25 and 26. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. And so, discipleship requires loving God more than people. Loving God more than money. Loving God more than we love ourselves. That's what discipleship requires. Devotion to Christ above all others. Now go with me to Mark chapter number 8. Mark chapter number 8. Discipleship requires self-denial. what it says in verse number 31. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. We see in verse 31 that Jesus embraced <clears throat> the suffering that he was going to face. He embraced the rejection he was going to face. He even embraced the death that he was going to face. But Peter, he rebuked the Lord. And the Lord told, the, the Lord was strong with Peter, and he said, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Peter's thoughts were devilish because the devil offered, offers ease instead of suffering, acceptance instead of rejection, 
in self-preservation instead of self-sacrifice. Jesus had a mission to do, and his mission was to seek and to save that which was lost. And the devil's plan, and, and, and came forth from Peter's lips, was, no, take the easy way. Take the accepting way, the, the, the way of acceptance, the way of self-preservation. But Jesus said, that's not the way of a disciple. Look down in verse number 34. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels." To follow Christ, we must willingly choose to deny ourselves. And the Bible says if we deny ourselves, if we lose our lives, we'll find our lives in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we must. Discipleship requires self-denial. And then number five, um, look at Luke 14. Luke 14 and verse 27. Discipleship requires cross-bearing or carrying a burden. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. His yoke is the burden that He wants us to carry. He promises to carry it with us. But nevertheless, being a disciple requires carrying a burden for Christ. Notice it says in, in Luke 14 and verse number 27, Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. A disciple has a burden to carry. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58. Do you have a burden that you're carrying for the Lord? Do you have a work that you're carrying for the Lord? 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58. He says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Do you have a burden that you're carrying for the Lord? Is there a work you're doing for the Lord? Discipleship requires burden bearing. It, 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 it requires a work. 
What burden are you carrying at Metro Baptist Church? What job are you involved in? God wants every disciple involved in carrying a burden. How about the burden of caring, caring for people? Um, look, at, look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. You know, church attendance is, it is a ministry. When we come to church, and I, I love to see it at Metro Baptist Church, the people bearing each other's burdens, people caring for one another. And that, that is what, that's what's involved in attending church. Look at Hebrews 10, verse um, 24 and 25. It says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. God wants us provoking each other to love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so when, when we're in the house of the Lord, we're, we're to be an encouraging each other to continue on for the Lord. And you can't do that from home. You've got to be with God's people. And you've got to be engaged with other people. Um, like it says in Philippians chapter 2. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Verses 3 and 4. It says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And so when we come together as a church, we need to be looking at other people's needs encouraging other people, challenging them on in their service of the Lord. Um, look at Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. We see, we see in this portion of Scripture that we have, we have the responsibility of being an example and encouraging others to follow our example. That's a burden of discipleship. That's, that's a cross that we have to bear. Um, look here in Titus chapter 2. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. That the aged men be sober. That's serious minded. Grave. Temperate. That's self-control. Sound in faith. In charity. In patience, the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, 
that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. And so we have this burden of being a good example and exhorting others to be a good example as well. So being a disciple, it requires identifying with Christ. It requires continuing in the Word of God. It requires a devotion to Him above our devotion to anyone else. It requires self-denial. And it requires carrying a burden for the Lord. Let us each be disciples for the Lord Jesus Christ. He is worthy of our discipleship. When the Apostle Paul wrote Romans chapter 12, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's reasonable for us to give our lives for Christ after all that He's given to us. Let's each be disciples for the Lord. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we thank You for leaving heaven, coming to this earth and living as a man, leaving the splendors of heaven and coming to this sin-cursed world. living in, in poverty most of the time, having no place to call your own, and then dying on the cross to pay the penalty of our sin. Lord, you've been so good to us. You are worthy of our discipleship choices. Lord, help each of us to be the disciples that you want us to be. Father, bless this short invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.